Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. With former Blues star defenseman Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. So baseball's testing has certainly come under some scrutiny, I think it's fair to say, in recent weeks. And Emma Bachelary has been writing about this for Sports Illustrated. You can follow her on Twitter at her name, Emma Bachelary. Emma, first of all, <laughs> thank you so nice. much for taking your time today to join us on the show. When you looked into baseball's protocols and their testing in particular, what was your biggest takeaway? And thanks for joining us via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Yeah, uh, happy to be here. And um, really the biggest takeaway from you know talking to experts on this was just how difficult it is to get a program like this off the ground, right? Like baseball has decided, you know, because they're playing in home ballparks, they're traveling, they're, they're not in a bubble. Testing is like even more important than it would be anywhere else. Like that's kind of the bedrock of everything they're trying to pull off here is, you know, your testing has to, to be top notch, to be accurate, to be fast, um, to really let you know as quickly as possible if someone does uh, you know, become infected with the virus so that they can stop it from spreading around the team. And it's just really hard to do that. Um, and it, it kind of is especially hard with some of the choices MLB has made, which we've seen cause some problems so far with, you know, they have originally just one lab. Now they've added a second lab, but just two labs, you know, nationwide that they're shipping all of their tests to um, labs that don't have a ton of experience with running tests for viral infections or for diseases. They're using drug testing laboratories, which, you know, have tried to adapt to do this testing and are now running a lot of tests, but there's still a learning curve there. It's difficult to get started. Um, and yeah, when you're relying on a program that you have to collect all the tests, ship all the tests, run all of them on pretty new equipment in labs that aren't used to this, um, you're, you're going to run into some problems, and we've seen some of those already. Now, Emma, the one thing I wanted to touch on here a little bit is, you know, the issue has been raised already about how quickly they're getting back the results. And you just touched on it that, yeah, it's a lab that uh, it's brand new. They're not necessarily equipped for it. They've adapted it or adjusted things to to help out. But how much of a problem could that cause here as we inch closer to opening day where you've got tests that you're not getting results in 24 hours, even 48 hours, and then that player's on the field and then he tests positive you get the notes back that it's a positive test i mean how how bad could this be for major league baseball yeah it could definitely be you know really problematic like it it has gotten better over the last week and a half but you know even just yesterday for instance we saw the the cubs had to have a handful of players set out of, of practice because they didn't have their results back you know what happens if you're talking about a game situation if you have like five or six players whose results aren't back and do you sit all of them? Like, what if that's the starting pitcher, you know, like the responsible thing to do if you don't know for sure is to go ahead and make sure that they're, you know, not at the park, not interacting with other guys, not on the field. But if you're talking about that for a, a game time situation and not just practice, like that's potentially a, a huge problem and, you know, can cause like serious competitive 
disadvantages if, if your tests aren't back on time. So it, it's definitely something that um, could be really hard to work around if it's not totally smooth by the time the season actually starts. We're talking with Emma Bachelary. She's been doing a lot of writing on baseball's protocols and specifically this testing question and whether this can be pulled off over the course of the full 60-game season. I wanted to ask you, Emma, about the accuracy of these tests because most of the videos or pictures that we've seen of people in the public around town that are getting these tests is the swab that goes up your nose and it tickles your your brain right as i understand yeah. it that's not necessarily what the players are doing because they're getting these frequently and so they're doing the saliva tests what have you heard about the accuracy difference between the swabs versus the saliva test and whether or not what we're doing is even accurate for these players yeah that's another problem here um because you know like you said it saliva is a lot more comfortable than getting a, a q-tip stuck all the way up to your brain basically so you know it makes sense if you're doing three tests a week, you're going to want to have guys just spitting and not going through kind of the discomfort of, you know, shoving the swab up. In addition to the fact that like the, those swabs are kind of a hot commodity, they're a valuable resource. And MLB says they don't want to take away from public resources there, which makes sense. But the, the saliva tests are not as accurate as the, the nasal swabs. And for the most part, it, it's a, it's a minor difference. But the thing is when you're talking about like, 98% accurate versus 99% accurate. When you have a pool of 1,800 players, like you're bound to get a few either, you know, false positives where you have guys who are actually not infected who are now sitting out because they've tested positive or, you know, even more dangerous, false negatives where guys can be testing fine but actually have contracted the virus and could potentially be spreading it around. Um, so, that is a problem where, you know, on the macro scale of, you know, you're looking at the whole picture, 98% versus 99% doesn't look hugely problematic. But when you zoom in and you realize how big this pool is, like one percentage point makes a difference when you're talking about thousands of people and thousands of tests. Now, Emma, just to, to jump back to the base, uh, Major League Baseball's decision to not operate in a bubble or a hub city. And I've been asking this of a lot of people because... I know the players fought for this, but at the same time, I just feel like the testing is going to have to be that much more accurate, especially since these guys are traveling. They'll be in hotels. Uh, We've learned that they'll be in Ubers and Lyft, ride-sharing companies. Uh, As far as the testing goes, do the players – what do we do if it's a false positive or a false negative at that point? And the fact that they're going to be traveling around and integrating with – we'll call it the general public, is that problematic for the Major League Baseball? I, I think it can be. You know, like they've obviously, they have this really long manual with a lot of precautions in it. They're going to be flying charter. You know, a lot of their hotels will be mostly closed to the public other than baseball, depending on what city you're in. So they have tried to minimize the impact there, which I, I think is a good thing. And talking to experts about it is a more responsible way to do it. But there's no way to, to shut yourself off from the public completely, especially when you're traveling. Um, and it, it does make it that much harder to pull it off, I think. Like, I completely understand the, the player's desire not to be in a bubble. That obviously, you know, is a weird situation. And especially when they were discussing this in, in May and in June, when the, the virus picture didn't look quite as serious as it did now when it looked like things were getting better, you know, it, it, it 
can completely see why people wanted to push back on the idea of just kind of isolating totally in a bubble for three or four months. But with the the way stuff looks now and as different as um, the virus outlet can be in different cities and in different places that are unfortunately becoming hotspots, it's going to be really hard, I think, to travel through. Like, it's not impossible. And if the testing is really good and, you know, manages to improve and stay really tight, that's a great thing. I'd love to see that and love to see traveling work out okay. But it, it really is a tall order. And in a lot of ways, it's harder to pull off safely than being in a bubble or in a hub city. Emma, I learned last night as I was flipping through Twitter that the NBA has this snitch hotline that the players can report other players that may or, you know, might be treading the line as far as breaking the rules or just flat out leaving the bubble. Have you heard anything about Major League Baseball where they might have one of these snitch hotlines for maybe guys that aren't being careful, that are spotted out on the road doing things that they shouldn't do? You know, I don't think they're going to do like a formal hotline like the NBA is, which, you know, I would love to learn who's the operator for that. Like, oh, that would be incredible. We need to have that person on as an anonymous guest. They're going to write a book after. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think baseball is mostly, it sounds like, kind of just depending on guys to police each other, you know, like to, I think in a lot of teams that sounds like it might be kind of the veteran's job to to kind of try to keep everyone in line and you know, I think for the most part, like, guys want to play. They want this to work. Um, there's, like, an understanding this is serious and, like, it sucks, but it, it sucks for everyone that we can't be out doing everything we want to do right now. Um, and they, they understand, like, to make this happen, you're going to have to, to be careful and um, to look out for each other and basically not do stupid stuff. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, you know, I, it doesn't sound like there's going to be formal uh, consequences for anything like teams are allowed to create their own codes of conduct if they want penalties on the team level. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see if, if anyone uh, has like a, a pretty strict list there, if any of those get leaked, but for the most part, it seems like it's going to just be guys, you know, policing each other and, and trying to keep each other in line. Emma Bachelary is our guest here on Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. She's a staff writer over at Sports Illustrated. She's been writing a lot about the protocol and specifically the testing within Major League Baseball. All right, Emma, let's let's have the moment of truth from you. After you've talked with all of these experts, after you've looked so far, so deep into what this testing and these protocols are going to be for baseball, how realistic do you think it is that we're actually going to be able to see this thing through and they're not just going to start the baseball season that they even have a chance to finish it. I really want to see this work. You know, I've really missed baseball as, as a writer, as a fan, just, you know, as a, as a person who has this as a big part of my life. Um, But it's going to be hard. I think, you know, it's really unfortunate that in a lot of places, the virus numbers are worse than they were a couple weeks ago. Um, that just makes it harder. The fact that you're trying to kind of manage uh, like 28 different local areas with very different public health pictures is difficult. Um, The fact that it's just so big that, you know, when you're talking about the NBA or MLS or even NHL, um, what they've done with bubbles and hub cities, I mean, baseball is just, these staffs are huge. 
the rosters are huge. It's it's a really tall order to get everything all lined up. Um, and I'm really hoping that it works out. Um, you know, it would be great to see it work through October, but at this point, it, it just seems like it it could kind of go either way. If something takes it down, what do you think it'll be? I think if you have a situation where you have kind of outbreaks on, on multiple teams at once with, you know, unfortunately big players having to sit out, you know, in handfuls at a time, like if you're talking about kind of pulling from uh, – the other halves of those 60 player pools and having, you know, multiple of those 60 man guys filling it in rosters on uh, different teams and just kind of stuff falling apart like that with, with lots of guys, unfortunately forced to sit out at once. I, I think something like that where you just have um, unfortunately such a big outbreak where the logistical uh, challenge to manage it is huge. Uh, I, I think at that point it would be pretty hard to continue. She is Emma Bachelary. She can be found on Sports Illustrated. That's where you can read her work, where she is a baseball writer, and she's done excellent work on the testing for baseball and what the problems could be if this thing goes south. Emma, we always appreciate the time. We wish you and your family all the best. Stay safe, stay happy out there, and uh, we'll talk with you again soon. Yeah, you too. Hopefully about uh, actual baseball (laughs) and not coronavirus next time.